Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now that the dust has settled from a free agency standpoint, from a draft standpoint, we know we are months upon months away from thinking about how a fantasy draft is going to shake out. But listen, there are legitimate ramifications you should be aware of now. And that way, whenever you're having your fantasy draft, and at this point, who the hell knows when that is going to be, you will be able to hit the ground running. And this guy is always ready to hit the ground running, no matter if he's stuck in lockdown, even if he's being quarantined. This guy is as sharp as it gets. He's a great NFL mind, and he's a good friend of mine. Over at FantasyPros.com, we welcome in Jason Katz. Jason, how have you been surviving lockdown, my friend? How you doing? Just like the rest of us, just doing the best I can. You know, it's, it gets tough at times. You, know, you want to get out, messes with your head a little bit, but, uh, but we, uh, we get through it. That's the right attitude, my friend, and I'm very, very happy to hear that you and the family are doing well and everybody is safe. And listen, Jason, all in all, I mean, this has been a wild and chaotic NFL offseason. And did you ever in a million years think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would go from being a team that was as irrelevant as it gets to now being as, like, relevant as it gets and with a whole lot of viability from a fantasy standpoint? Well, it wasn't my my greatest take when I was – so certain that Tom Brady would never play for a team other than the Patriots. So uh, Chuck went up in the L column. Fortunately, predicting what will happen isn't really uh, something that matters for me. I just need to know how to react to it. Of course. Now, let me ask you about Brady specifically. We know last year he was totally shot. We know he was probably, what, the 21st to the 22nd quarterback from a fantasy standpoint. But my goodness, Jason, I see Gronkowski. I see Evans, I see Godwin, I see Brate, and they go and get a guy I loved in college in Tyler Johnson. Will we be looking at next season as a year in which Tom Brady maybe finds the fountain of youth a little bit? You know, I, I think that rumors of Brady's demise might be a little exaggerated. There, there's one thing that Brady did last year, and, and one thing that's it's indicative of the fact that maybe he's not quite done, is that deep ball. The deep ball was still there. He actually had a 41.7% completion percentage on deep balls, ninth amongst all quarterbacks. And that's despite being, what, 42 years old, now 43. And he was doing that with, who's he throwing downfield to? 
Certainly not Julian Edelman. Nikhil Harry barely played. They got Muhammad Sanu midway through the season. He had to get Philip Dorsett. There was nobody. I know he had Randy Moss back in 07. That Randy Moss, one of the greatest receivers of all time. He has never had a supporting cast like he has with Evans and Godwin and Gronk and O.J. Howard and Kevin Bray and Justin Watson and Scott Miller. I can go on and on. The talent on this team is immense. It's the best grade he's ever had. So if there's any shot at a redemption, this is where it's going to be. Bold take right there. Now, Jason, to me, one of the big winners of this offseason, Tampa side, you almost put them in their own category, getting Brady, getting the Patriots and turning them into Patriots South. But how about the work that your beloved Arizona Cardinals have done? And I know last year we had a conversation about Kyla Murray and you were very bullish. You were a big believer. You thought Kyla Murray was going to have a great rookie season. And all in all, you turned out to be right. Now, was it Lamar Jackson good? But it was a very successful debut into the league where it looks like Kyler Murray is going to be a keeper. Um, you got to be feeling great about the Arizona Cardinals from a fantasy standpoint. Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, who was great over the final six uh, games or so, and a guy by the name of DeAndre Hopkins, not too shabby. There's, there's a lot of parallels between Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson in terms of the trajectory where they had a, a both had kind of a decent showing their rookie year whereas Lamar obviously exploded in his second season starting. Maybe we can see the same thing with Kyler Murray. I would not be shocked. If you want a long-shot MVP candidate, it's Kyler Murray. Well, I'll tell you right team. now, Jason, the odds aren't even there. I, I mean, I was looking at a list uh, a few hours ago. Kyler Murray is like third on the list. So what does that tell you? Vegas, you, and I are all on the same page that he is in line probably to have a big season. That's what that's telling you. I mean, it's a very tough division in terms of winning it. But I would not I would not be surprised if Kyler Murray had a Lamar Jackson-like 2020 season. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy to think about, but hey, there's a blueprint for it, my friend. As far as Hopkins goes, we've seen Hopkins perform with terrible quarterbacks. We've seen him perform with great quarterbacks. You have no questions, no doubts about him now going to the NFC West. I'm not going to say no doubts because this whole thing with receivers, specifically really good ones, switching teams and struggling that first year. We, we saw it with Allen Robinson. We saw it with Odell Beckham. It's happened many times in the past. So I'm not going to say that DeAndre Hopkins is 100%, but, I mean, he's, he's one of the top two or three most talented receivers in the league, and he's going to an offense that wants to throw. The targeting, the target share may not be there, but the volume will still be there. So I'm still, I'm still treating DeAndre Hopkins as a locked top five receiver and one of the first five on the board. We got our buddy Jason Katz now that the dust is settled. NFL offseason from free agency in the draft. It's all squared up. And now you start fantasizing about what a 2020 season could look like. And, you know, Jason, before we get to the quarterbacks who were drafted, before we get to the running backs who were drafted, I'm glad you brought up Cleveland, specifically Odell Beckham Jr. Because he was one of the biggest fantasy busts if you go back to last year. Beckham was god-awful. Mayfield was a massive disappointment. And the Cleveland Browns spent a whole lot of money and put a whole lot of resources into the offensive line. Is now the time to look at Mayfield, Beckham, Landry, Hunt, Chubb as guys that we should maybe be buying low on as we get ready for this season? Here's the problem with Cleveland. Obviously, Baker Mayfield was a disappointment last year. But even more so an issue is they now have more talent on the team this year. Yeah, the offensive line is better, 
Odell Beckham's back. He, he certainly can't be worse than last year. Jarvis Landry's still there. And they brought in Austin Hooper. I think they drafted a tight end. Uh, they just they just resigned uh, this resigned Rashard Higgins, I believe, to, to another one year deal. There's a lot of guys now on the team. And I don't want to say that cliche Tony Mouse to and whatnot, but you got a full season now, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb's are working the receiving game. It really tailed off after Hunt came back. If if Nick Chubb is not getting those targets, if they're all going to Kareem Hunt, that naturally lowers Chubb's upside. So Chubb's hurt by Hunt. Hunt's hurt by Chubb. Beckham and Landry are hurt by Austin Hooper. So I like the Browns' offense as a whole much better, but the individual pieces might be a little worse. Okay, Jason, now we dive into this draft. And you know it was a fascinating one from a quarterback standpoint. You got guys who have a chance to be stars in this league. And listen, getting right in the draft when it comes to the quarterback position can make or break you as a franchise. Look at Kansas City and what happened with Patrick Mahomes. Look at the Chicago Bears and what happened with the disaster that is Mitchell Trubisky. Now, forget about what these guys are going to be for the duration of their careers. Let's talk about 2020 as a whole. Assuming there's a season, who, in your opinion, is best lined up to make an immediate fantasy impact. It's got to be Joe Burrow right out of the gate. It's got to be, right? Well, for fantasy impact, I'm always looking to the running back position. In terms of the relevant fantasy positions, quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end, the running back is the position that's most likely and most consistently going to produce in uh, in the, the rookie season. And you got to look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to Kansas City as the only running back taken in the first round. You have a guy who excels in the receiving game, who Andy Reid is compared to Brian Westbrook, who actually said he's better than Brian Westbrook, going to the best offense in the NFL. We saw what Kareem Hunt did when he got himself like a 60 to 70% opportunity share. Damian Williams will not go away, but it's hard for me to see a scenario where Clyde edwards Hilaire doesn't get at least 60% of the work, and that is more than enough for him to be an RB1 in fantasy. Where would you expect him to go in most drafts? What are you talking about, a third or a fourth round pick because of all those easy catches with Mahomes? I'd be shocked if he made it out of the third round. I think wow, we're talking that high for a guy who's never played a snap in the NFL. That's telling you something, Jason. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen it in the past, right? Initially, their rookie year, we saw Zeke. Zeke was first round pick. Barkley was a top six pick. Fournette was a first round pick. The, the rookie running backs that are going to get the work, they get drafted highly. And the, the concern will, I, I don't see. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being that in that first round range or early second round range because there will be concerns about how much he's used. But late second round, early third, I think that's where he ends up going. Okay, out of the big three running backs that were being talked about, we're talking about J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. Dobbins ends up probably backing up Mark Ingram with Baltimore, but there'll be a lot of opportunities. DeAndre Swift ends up with the Detroit Lions. Jonathan Taylor ends up in Indianapolis. Out of those three, Jason... Who do you see making the most amount of impact right out of the gate? It's definitely Jonathan Taylor. And what I look at there is between all three of those, even though there's competition for all three, and none of them have like, okay, automatically they walk into to a vacant backfield. But the Colts traded up for Jonathan Taylor. And that tells you something about what they think of Jonathan Taylor. And he profiles as a three-down back as a guy who needs to get 15 to 18 carries a game minimum. And the Colts also have one of the best offensive lines in the league behind, running behind Quentin Nelson. That, that team is set up to run the ball. And Jonathan Taylor, he has a great shot at being the highest scoring rookie running back. I think he probably has more upside than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even though Hilaire is in a better situation. 
but I really like Taylor, and I'd be happy to get him in probably the fourth round. I hope he makes it. That, I hope he uh, goes that late. As for Dobbins and Swift, uh, Swift's going to split carry on Johnson. The Lions hate carry on Johnson almost as much as the Rams hate Darrell Henderson. Uh, so Swift will split with carry on Johnson and Dobbins. I think Dobbins is just a year away. He's going to be the guy in 2021, but for now he's he's behind Mark Ingram. Well, Jason, how about Henderson giving you a little love, by the way, throughout the offseason on Twitter? You see that? That's when you know you're going big time as a fantasy analyst when, you know, players around the league are seeing your tweets and responding to them. Welcome to my world, Big Shot. Now, Henderson was mad at me because I said the Rams hate him and he didn't understand. But everything that they've done in the past two years has pointed to them disliking Daryl Henderson. They, I know they drafted him last year, which is great. But then they re-sign Malcolm Brown and push Malcolm Brown ahead of Henderson as a rookie. Then going into this season, they once again bring back Malcolm Brown. They get rid of Gurley, and what do they do to make Henderson the guy? They draft Cam Akers. Every, everything that they're doing suggests they don't want to make Daryl Henderson the guy, and I don't understand it. I think Henderson is tremendous talent, and he'd be great if he could get a 50% opportunity share. But it's just not happening. And, and I hate to see it, but it's just not happening. Now, Jason, you know we love having you on the show when you're a straight shooter, but you're a Cowboy fan, which is okay. You're very fair. You're balanced. You're not going to, you know, blow smoke for the Cowboys for no reason. You're not going to be waving pom-poms in any way. That said, when you're sitting there watching this draft, and we know they have a need on the line with the loss of Frederick, and they lose Byron Jones to my team, the Miami Dolphins, but when CeeDee Lamb is sitting there and they're able to scoop him up, I mean, you must have been smiling ear to ear. I mean, that to me is highway robbery for the Cowboys. There were two lines of thought on that one, and one is that it wasn't a position of need, and I agree with that. With that being said, Kitty Lamb is going to be a cowboy now for at least the next five years, possibly his entire career. I think he's the best receiver in this draft. He's certainly one of the best. I don't think there's any chance he really busts. For them to deploy a receiving trio of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb in a new era of the NFL where teams are putting three receivers in the field and four receivers on the field even more, that's crucial. The Cowboys haven't had a good third receiver in a long time. The best they've had was actually Randall Cobb last year. I think Cobb saw something like 83 targets, if I recall correctly. If Lamb gets that, he's going to be relevant. So you love CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, this draft has Jerry Judy. It has Henry Ruggs. It has Justin Jefferson. I don't want to rattle off the list of first and second wide receivers because I'll be honest with you, Jason. If I do that, I'm going to run out of time and it's going to drive me to drink. That said... CeeDee Lamb aside, who is the impact wide receiver you would be all over? Who is the guy in the right situation, whole lot of volume, whole lot of looks? Who is going to be that guy coming out of this draft, not named CeeDee Lamb? This one's very tough because you have to really balance talent versus situation versus opportunity. The guys with the most talent aren't necessarily in the best situations to get the most opportunity. And the most important a metric to evaluate receivers is targets. And targets is a skill statistic. You get targets because you're good at football. And what I'm looking for here is not one of the best receivers in this draft. I mean, he's a very good player, but he's not CeeDee Lamb. He's not Jerry Judy. He's not Henry Ruggs. But Justin Jefferson in Minnesota is really set up to see a significant amount of targets, possibly lead all rookie receivers in targets. Doesn't mean he'll be the best uh, from a fantasy perspective, but when you're looking at somebody to go after, somebody who might be able to produce, Stephon Diggs is gone. Who is there catching passes in Minnesota besides Adam Thielen? Justin Jefferson should be second on that team in targets as a rookie. Now, again, there's still some question as to how integrated he can be into the offense with the possibility of a limited training camp, possibly no training camp. We don't know how things are going to play out. 
But if Jefferson can get acclimated and can develop a rapport with Kirk Cousins, he could be a fantasy asset as a rookie. Okay, let's get to the quarterbacks. We know Joe Burrow, the number one pick. Is he the guy, hands down, Jason, who will have the most fantasy impact out of any of these rookie quarterbacks? Without question, it's not even a debate because he's the only one that's going to start out of the gate. I would say that Jalen Hurts would have, would have had a shot if he can go somewhere where he had a chance to start, but he's never starting over Carson Wentz. There's just no chance that happens unless Wentz gets hurt. Now, Wentz has shown propensity to get hurt. If Wentz goes down early in a series, which I'm not wishing on anybody, I hate injuries, then Jalen Hurts has that uh, dual threat ability, the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type skill set where he can make an impact even though he's not the best passer. But Burrow's starting from day one. We know that. And the Bengals are actually kind of a sneaky bet to improve significantly this year. They get Jonah Williams back in the offensive line. Uh, they should have Joe Mixon back. I assume they're going to work out with his contract situation. They drafted T. Higgins. Hopefully healthy A.J. Green. There's, there's a lot of pieces there. The Bengals are sneaky. You'd buy the idea that Burrow could be fantasy viable? I think he'll be a streamer. But I mean, he's okay. coming off the greatest college uh, football season of all time for a quarterback. You don't do that if, if you're not really good. So I'm, I'm expecting Burrow to come in and immediately establish himself as at least a top 15 quarterback, if, if not higher. Okay, Jason, let's get to my favorite player in this draft. And you know, knowing me the way you do, that this has been a guy I've been dreaming about playing for the Miami Dolphins for the better part of two years. Now, listen, I'm not naive. I'm fully aware with the limited amount of training camp and the injury that Tua is coming off of, there's no shot he is the week one quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. That said, I don't rule out the possibility that come later in the year, he could have a fantasy impact. So from Tua's standpoint, that's a guy, if you're in a dynasty league and a keeper league, you might stash. But if we're talking about a redraft league, there's no way in the world you're putting Tua on your team. It's a single quarterback redraft league, there's no way he's not even anywhere remotely close to a board. You could be 20 rounds deep and you're not taking him. You don't take backup quarterbacks. And you have to add in the concern that possibly there's a shortened season. When it comes to Tua, we have to take that into consideration because any chance he would have to start later in the year would be predicated upon the Dolphins starting out the season. They play, you know, they play seven, eight games. They're like two and six. And they say, you know what, let's throw Tua in there. So if they're only playing eight games or 12 games or something, there's not really going to be a chance for them to put Tua in there, maybe, maybe the final week of the season. Now, you would agree that when you think about this quarterback class, Burrow deserved to be number one, hands down. I mean, the season he had at LSU, you mentioned it is one of the best individual seasons we have ever seen from a quarterback. But, Jason, to me, it was no debate between Justin Herbert and Tua. I mean, if you're the Dolphins and you have not hit on a franchise quarterback since Dan Marino, I mean, you cannot play it safe on a Justin Herbert type. you got to be rolling the dice. And I get it. There are concerns with Tua. There was no way in the world the Dolphins could go in a different direction with that pick. No way. I did not buy the Justin Herbert talk for a single second. It was Tua all along. Then all of a sudden, a couple of days before the draft, we're hearing whispers about Justin Herbert. That, that This happens every year with the smoke and the noise before the draft of teams doing different things. We saw it last year when right before uh, the draft, I think the day before, all of a sudden the odds of Kyler Murray being the first overall pick were dropping when it was just the most obvious thing that we had seen since Andrew Luck was the first overall pick. I didn't understand why anyone thought it was going anywhere else. And it, it's just all this noise. And the Dolphins were always taking to a, yeah, the injury is a concern, but we have, we have the best doctors in the world here. And if they're saying that Tua's going to make a full recovery, there's no reason to doubt that he'll be able to play at the same level he, he was playing at before his injury once he recovers. Come 2021, Tua will start for the Dolphins, and I expect him to be pretty good. Jason, that's why you're a much better poker player than me, because 
I'm the same guy who's getting all emotional reading some of these reports. But I guess that's the fan in me. And sometimes, you know, you get all worked up and you don't want to, you know, have all this agita and whatnot. So I, I appreciate you keeping a level head, my friend. Now, locally, before we get you out of here, Giants obviously beef up their offensive line. That should be good news for Saquon Barkley. It should be good news for Daniel Jones. Denzel Mims, though. I mean, you talk about the Jets receivers. They don't have a true number one. Brashad Perriman. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Robbie Anderson leaving. You're talking Jamison Crowder. Denzel Mims, a guy, could have any fantasy value? Yes, if he is as good as advertised. The athleticism is there. The college production is there. The problem is he went to Baylor. And this, these things matter. And Baylor does not have a great track record with producing wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I guess technically Josh Gordon counts. He had one year. He was, he was elite. It was one of the greatest receiver seasons of all time. Give him credit. But after that, you know, things happened. It wasn't the best. And since then, what have we had? Terrence Williams and Corey Coleman? Not exactly uh, the greatest track record here for Baylor receivers. But men should have a chance to, to get to work into some volume immediately. They, the Jets no longer have Robbie Anderson. Uh, who knows if Quincy Nunn will ever play again either way. He's nothing more than, than a third receiver or a role player type guy. So it looks like Mims has a really good chance to start. Uh, how good is Sam Darnold going to be? I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest believer in Darnold long term. But we've seen flashes. He could take a step forward. And if that happens, and if Mims is better than advertised or, or as good as he looks on paper, then Denzel Mims could definitely be a fantasy asset, even as a rookie. Jason, final one. And I want you to leave the audience with a little bit of a parting thought. What team in the NFL... And I think we're going to be on the same page with this, but I'm curious to hear your answer. What team in the NFL has had by far and away the worst offseason? The worst offseason or the worst draft? <laughs> I mean, you could combine the two, draft, offseason. I'm thinking the same team. I, it's got to be the Green Bay Packers, right? Yeah, it has to be. It's definitely the Packers. I don't know what they're doing. And listen, I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm better than NFL front office. I know that's what the criticism is of people that hate the Packer fans who, who are upset with people hating on their team. And, and I get that. But you got Aaron Rodgers toward the end of his career. He's probably got a good two or three years left. I don't see him playing really past 40. And the team, I know the team was the most fraudulent 13-3 team that we've ever seen last year. And we never gave them a chance to make the Super Bowl, even though they were one game away. It was still one game away. This isn't a team that should be rebuilding. So why are they drafting a quarterback in the first round? Why are they drafting uh, their third-string running back in the second round? It just doesn't make sense. You don't need to spend a second-round pick on a running back. If you get a running back in the fifth or sixth round, that would be just as good. They, they already did it. They already did it. Jamal Williams was a fourth-round pick, and Aaron Jones was a fifth-round pick. Those guys are fine. You don't need A.J. Dillon. They're drafting for the future when they should be drafting to win now. They're going into the season with Alan Lazard as a wide receiver, too. Is, is that – I mean, listen, I, I think Alan Lazard – is a solid receiver. He's more of a three or four guy. This was one of the deepest receiver drafts we've seen since 2014, and this is what they do. They Embarrassing. Jason, that wide receiver crop is so deep, it's so good. You're telling me they couldn't get one of those guys in the first, the second, and the third round with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback? And, Jason, here's the bottom line. Aaron Rodgers is going to play somewhere else. He will not retire a member of the Green Bay Packers. I think that now is official and as crystal clear as it gets after what we've seen here in this draft. It's hard for me to believe. But after what we've seen with, with Tom Brady and we've seen it in the past with other guys, Peyton Manning, you know, Joe Montana going to other teams, I, I need to stop being so certain that these guys will never leave their teams because we've seen it happen too many times. It, it's hard to imagine Rodgers going somewhere else, but he cannot be happy with what this team is doing. They're sending a clear message to him that they want to basically move away from him in terms of 
taking a quarterback of the future potentially and drafting really to benefit the running game when they should be drafting to benefit Aaron Rodgers, their best player. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. There were so many receivers they could have taken that they didn't. I mean, even guys that went in the fifth or sixth round that they just passed on it. I I don't understand it. Jason Katz, fantasypros.com, and it's going to be months away. We obviously got to dig deep, but starting to make a little fantasy sense of what we've seen here this offseason. I mean, that's something to think about in a positive light. That maybe is a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. So, Jason, stay safe. Hopefully we'll do this in the uh, future as we move closer and closer to the start of a football season. And uh, my best to you, the family, and stay safe, all right? Yep, everyone stay safe out there. Everyone do your best, and uh, there will be football again. There will. All right, Jason. Take care, my brother. Good stuff there from Jason Katz over at FantasyPros.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.